0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined also motherhood through divorce finding yourself and creating the life you deserve our tools are community sisterhood honesty vulnerability spirituality and coaching and that's when we aren't talking to our experts i'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons remarried and a stepmom to three so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here if you are recently separated thinking of separating divorcing or even beyond your divorce but still feeling it then this is the podcast for you. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today I want to talk to you about self-care. It's really what brought me into this business or this work of helping women as they go through separation and divorce. Uh, The desire to teach them to practice good self-care so they could get through this in one piece. You know, I first felt called to do this not long after I went through my own divorce, I was already working as a personal trainer, um, helping women find ways to feel good in their bodies and feel strong and resilient and physically, of course, and also mentally, because I know that you are connected. I've always been fit myself. I've always worked out. I've always done things like that. And it's always made me feel good and strong. And when I went through my divorce, I was like, all the things that I had done all those years to take care of my body physically had prepared me for this. And so I felt this sort of natural um, pull towards doing the things that I needed to do to feel good when I was going through the most awful time in my life, right? So I worked out regularly, not obsessively, but almost every day. Sometimes I just went in for 20 minutes. Sometimes I went in and started crying after 10 minutes and went home. And most days I was probably there for about an hour. That was the gym. But more than anything, what I learned during those very difficult months in the beginning of my separation was that taking care of myself, practicing good self-care was the very thing that got me through it. It gave me something to focus on that felt good that was nourishing and healing to me. And it took my mind off the toxicity, the emotional abuse that was happening, and simply the, the fear and anxiety that could potentially exist around the legal battle that I had ahead of me. Most women who go through, or as they their marriage ends and they're about to go through separation and divorce, expressed to me that they feel a real fear around the unknown Um, They feel fear around their financial future. They feel fear around the legal battle that's ahead of them, being alone, never having someone in their life again, so many things. Most or all of these things are just fear, fear being an emotion, not based in reality. It's just something that we believe is going to happen because our brain naturally goes to the worst case scenario to protect us is a natural response to the elevated stress that we're feeling. When we're going through something like separation, of course, we feel stress, we feel anxiety, we feel feel all those things. Our brain registers that additional, that increased stress as um, danger. There's something terribly wrong. So it tries to literally pull you back to what you were doing before, which is back to your partner, even if it was abusive or um, he was unfaithful or whatever was going on, you you actually will feel pulled to go back because it's almost like one of those better the devil you know than the one you don't. Because that was something that you've done. You've mastered it. You know how to do it. Your body knows how to do it. And so the fear response comes down. The anxiety around the unknown comes down and the brain goes, okay, this is better. So in order for us to to move forward in a divorce, to do the work, to heal, to overcome the fear, we have to kind of face it and we have to look at it and say, this isn't real. Of course, I'm not going to be alone. Of course, I'm going to get through this. I will be okay. I'm not going to suddenly be homeless. Um, I'm not going to lose my children. You know, all these initial fears that show up is... You know, it's kind of like you have to stare it in the face and say, you're not going to convince me to go back to a situation that is harmful to me, that is abusive, that's sad, that's lonely, that's not good for me, just out of fear for what may lie on the other side. And I'm going to tell you what I tell all my clients is that there's freedom on the other side of fear. If you're willing to blow through that and you're willing to say, to stare fear in the face and say, no, you're not going to pull me back. I'm going to keep moving forward. I have no choice. For whatever reason, I need to move forward here. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And as you take those steps forward and you realize you're okay, the fear starts to go away and you start to get a taste of freedom. Now, the way that I got the strength to do that and the way that I kept my focus on going forward instead of getting sucked into that fear tunnel and staying, in the marriage that wasn't healthy for me anymore, was self-care. And um, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. So self-care, what is it? It's taking care of yourself. It is something good that you do for you, that you do for you. It's not about sitting around and waiting for someone else to take care of you. It is not about you taking care of others. It is about you taking care of you. It's about asking yourself in the morning when you're maybe crying in bed because your marriage has ended and asking yourself, what's something that I can do for myself today that will make me feel a little bit better, just a little bit better. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's meeting up with a friend for a coffee. Maybe it's writing in your journal, meditating, doing breath work, calling a therapist, calling your friend, calling your mom spending time with your kids, cuddling with your puppy. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. You know that there are things in your life that you can do, people you can spend time with or see, help you can ask for that will help even just a tiny bit. Do that thing. When I went through this, I was willing to do those things. I was willing to ask myself what I need to do. I was willing to ask my friends for help and time to listen to me. I was willing to hire a therapist even though I had no money. I actually borrowed money from my family to do that. But I knew I needed it. I knew I wasn't going to get through this in one piece. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I wanted to heal. I wanted to grow. I wanted to learn and I wanted to be okay. In fact, I wanted to thrive. I'm like, I'm not going to let this beat me. This is not going to be the thing that's the end of me. And I don't want to end up in another relationship that is equally harmful to me. Those things were very important to me. And I actually prioritized them over just about anything else. Yes, I still saw my lawyer. (laughs) And I still moved forward with the things that I needed to move forward with. And yes, I still took care of my kids. And I responded to lawyers' emails. And I did all of those other things that you have to do. But first, I took care of myself. First, I chose me. I knew I had to. It was it wasn't it didn't even seem like a conscious thought. It was more like this internal calling almost. It was like this I just did it. It was what I knew I needed to do. So, what did I do? What were the self-care steps that I took? And that's a great question. <laughs> Um, and whether you had were prepared to ask it or not, well, I'm going to answer that for you. So like I said, self-care is something good that you do for you. And when I present self-care to my clients, um, I get a lot of pushback, especially when I present it to the bigger Facebook group, the people who are not quite yet my clients. And I get pushback like I don't have time and I'm too busy or I'm too sad or um, I don't have any money. Right? And it's this general idea that you taking care of you is somehow not the top priority. It comes after certain things. It comes after your kids have been taken care of and your lawyer has been retained and the ex has had his emails or text messages responded to or whatever else you're going to tell me is more important than you. When we prioritize other things, we're sending a pretty direct message home to ourselves, to our heart, that maybe your ex is right. Maybe you're not worthy. You know, so many, when we leave a marriage, hear blame come towards us. You know, if you hadn't done this or you did this or it's your fault somehow. And it's hard not to buy into that. It's hard not to believe it, even just a little bit. And then we add to that pain by not taking care of ourselves. We don't prioritize it because we don't think it it's that important. We think it's more important to do a number of other things. I actually haven't totally figured out how to impress upon you that the most important thing you do is take care of yourself. I'm going to try today, but I can tell you that it is probably one of the hardest things that I do in my work is to try to convince someone who's going through a new separation that the biggest and the most important thing, the biggest priority is her. It's you. It's your well-being, your emotional well-being, your sense of self. So if you want to ask me, what well, what are my first steps? What should I do first? Should I call a lawyer? Should I um, file for divorce first? Should I do this, this or this? Sure, there are some practical steps that you can and, and maybe should take early on. Maybe even just because it'll make you feel less out of control and less sort of spinning and, and less fearful of that part of it. But the most important thing you can do for yourself is to take care of yourself, is to practice excellent self-care. It was introduced to me by a psychotherapist a number of years ago, the, the concept of self-mothering. She liked to take self-care to another level and she called it self-mothering. And I loved it. I really loved that term. Because I think when someone says, oh, you need to practice self-care, we're not always always sure what that is. But if I say you need to mother yourself, you kind of know what that is. Because if I ask you or, you know, if I suggest that you mother your children, you know exactly what that is. Um, When we talk about mothering anyone, we know what that is. It means unconditional love. It means caring. It means Um, nurturing. It means listening, seeing, hearing, um, giving someone what they need, being there for them, picking them up when they're down, making them feel better, making them feel loved, making them feel special. All of those things fall under mothering. Who does that for you? Do you do that for you? Because I know you do it for your children and possibly for other people as well. But do you do it for yourself? And you might be thinking, but is it my job to do that? Or shouldn't my mother do that? Or my spouse or whoever, other people. Sure. If there are people in your life who who do that, wonderful. I'm happy for you. But no matter what, you do need to do that for yourself. It It is how we say to ourselves that I love me. It's how we say to ourselves that I'm worthy of the love that people are showing me and that I am capable of receiving love so I can fill my cup and give more to those that I love. Self-mothering is also not allowing yourself to believe awful things that are said to you about you. Self-mothering means saying to yourself that you're worthy, worthy of happiness and love and friendship and caring and um, opportunities and fun and all of the good things in life. Self-mothering is saying to yourself, you're special. You have a light inside you that the world deserves to see. You just have to step into that light. It's the kind of thing that you would say to a little four-year-old girl when when you ask her, so what do you wanna be when you grow up? And she might say, I wanna be a princess. And you say, well, then you will be the most beautiful princess ever, or I know you'd be a wonderful princess. We don't say to her, you're not going to be a princess. We don't do that. We don't crush her dreams. We let her have them. I want you to have yours. Maybe she will be a princess one day. Maybe you will be. Whatever it is that you want to be, do, have, say, show up as. I want you to give yourself permission to do that. I want you to give yourself the love that you need to feel safe stepping into that. I want you to give yourself so much love and see the light inside you that you step forward and you shine as that bright light that we all want to see from you, that we want to experience, that you might have been depriving us of so far. So back to the first question, So how do you practice self-care? How do we do this? Well, self-mothering gives you some of those clues, but I am going to give you a list of of practices. And I'll start off by telling you the ones that I did. So I think I already mentioned exercise. I took care of my physical body. That might mean something different to you than it meant to me. Maybe for you, that's a walk. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's meeting some friends for some kind of um, volleyball game or who knows what. But move your body. Move your body and take care of your physical body. That includes movement, exercise, nutrition, getting enough sleep. Do what you need to do to get sleep. Don't get all like, I don't want to take something, take something. You need to sleep. What you're going through is huge. It's going to be taxing and exhausting. And you need to have the rest to be able to deal with all of that. So take care of your physical body. And then comes your emotional body. Get the help that you need. I don't think we were ever meant to go through this kind of hardship alone. I really don't. Whether you hire a coach, a therapist, both, get someone professional, someone like me, in your corner working with you. And one of the benefits of working with a professional and not just your friends, and by the way, I had an incredible friends who supported me and they were there for me. And I, I, to this day, am beyond grateful for the support that I received. But there's a difference in going to your friends and going to a professional um, for a number of reasons. Professionals know how to help you with certain strategies and, and to help you move forward to identify where you might be stuck or some old trauma you're hanging on to, all of those things. Your friends are there to, to jump in the pit with you and to fight with you and rally with you and love you and drink with you and whatever it is that you need and, and need from them. They'll do that with you. But they might not, most likely don't, have the skill set to help you or help identify a problem. So that's where a professional comes in. I also believe that professional is really good because you know that they're never going to meet your family. They're just like, they're just this person who become a, a friend in a way, but a stranger friend, somebody who's never going to sit at your dinner table, who's never going to, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like talking to a dentist or a bartender. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but I feel it's a really important step. Um, and then comes the more spiritual side. So your spiritual being also needs healing. And I know when I went through this, like I said, I I took care of my physical body. I was really good at that. I'd already been doing it for a long time. So that was kind of easy for me. Um, I leaned on my friends for emotional support. I saw a therapist and a coach for some more emotional, emotional healing and growth. The thing that I think was missing for me at the time was the spiritual side, Um, I'm not a, I'm not a, that I don't believe in God, but it's not where I go for comfort because of another time in my life that I went through something really difficult. I felt abandoned by said God or religion. So that was not my place. That's not where I went. But what I have learned in the years since, and so this comes to, this falls into the category of what I wish I'd known more about at the time, was more around the spirituality of strategies to get in touch with your inner body, your inner self, your heart, your soul. So things like meditation, journaling, those kinds of things. Now, as it turns out, I did a lot of those things. I just didn't know that I was doing those things. I'm not sure that I'd call it meditation what I did, but I did a lot of reflection, a lot of time looking back and the way that I did it um, is again something I teach my clients all the time. My coaching clients is to look back, understand what happened, see how you showed up, your role in whatever, learn the lessons from that experience, and then take that to today and kind of go, okay, so what can I do with that knowledge now? I I see how I could have shown up differently, better, worse, whatever, differently. Um, I, I take responsibility for how I showed up in that situation or in those situations or in those years or in that relationship. And I see how I'd like to show up and I'm learning that lesson. And how do you apply that to today? So this is where it also helps to have someone who can kind of guide you a little bit through that process. But I will tell you, That all of these areas, the physical side, the emotional side, and the spiritual side, they were all so interconnected and so important. So any kind of meditation practice, breath work, journaling, gratitude practice, yeah, these things actually work. No, they're not things that you, I'll do that when I have time. I'll do it when I'm done with my divorce, when I finished with my lawyer, when I have more time. No, no. The other way around, do the healing, work on your physical health and nurture yourself physically, nurture and love yourself emotionally and spiritually. And that will give you clarity, focus, strength, resolve. Um, It'll give you the voice that you need to express what you want and what you have gained clarity on so that you can handle all those other things. And I can honestly tell you, Hand on heart, like I can tell you, because of all the work that I did on myself, because my self-care was excellent, my legal battle and it was a battle, by the way, we ended up in a trial. It took 18 months. Like, I'm telling you, I, I went through it. But that is not the part that I talk about. You'll never really hear me talk about that. That's not the part that I remember most. It was very stressful. I didn't enjoy it, but it was one of those things. It just existed beside me. I went to court and I got through it and I went home. I talked to my lawyer. We strategized and I went home. It was this thing that I did on the side because I had gained such knowledge and learning about myself. And I had truly connected with my voice and my values and my soul and what was important to me. So when I had to slip into the, the court mode, the lawyer mode, like all of those things, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew how to answer what their questions. I knew what was important and I could move forward on things. I didn't feel so um, pushed around. I didn't feel managed. I didn't feel manipulated. I didn't feel scared. Um, I never felt scared because I understood what I needed to do. It was very clear because of the other work, the self-care that I did. So I don't know if this convinces you and I don't even know. I mean, I'm hoping you understand what I'm talking about. And if you're one of those people like I was once too, by the way, he was saying, yeah, I've tried meditation. It doesn't work for me. Um, I say some gratitude in the morning, but you know, it doesn't really make a big difference or whatever. Or maybe you are thinking I experienced so much anxiety. I don't know if this will help Elizabeth. Well, it will, but get some help with it. I can help you with it. Um, you know, I was with a client today who, um, She actually asked me to send her, so so let me backtrack. I spoke with her a couple of weeks ago, and as soon as I got her on the call, on the Zoom call, I could tell she was in a very um, heightened state. She was anxious, her breathing was rapid. She she was, I could just tell she was extremely stressed. So I immediately just said to her, look, just sit down, um, close your eyes, and I'm gonna take you through like five minutes of like meditation, breath work, and I did. And she just settled. Her breathing came way down. And she was actually then able to hear the things that I was saying to her in our session afterwards. She would not have been able to hear or receive anything from me if I had not done that. And to the point where she liked it so much that she asked me to record it for her so that she could play it when she needed it. Because anxiety is something that she deals with on a regular basis. So, yes, meditation, breath work, um, reflection, journaling. Gratitude practices, that's your spiritual side. So I've now covered all three. And I didn't want to make this a super long episode. This is more of a Minnesota, I guess. I don't even know how long it's going to be. But I'm hoping that that gives you some direction. And here's what I also want you to do. I want you to reach out to me. Um, it could be for any number of reasons. Reach out to me if you're already doing some of these things to share with me which one you have found to be the most helpful and why. That would be very helpful to me, because if I can use your words, when I explain to one of my new clients why this is valuable, I can say to her, look, somebody who listens to my podcast sent me this little note telling me why this particular practice really made a difference for her. I know that she'll hear that as valuable information, and that will help her. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd also like to hear from those of you who just I just, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I just don't think I have time or I can't figure out how. I still don't know what to do. I wanna help you. So reach out to me. I'm gonna put my um, email below in the show notes. So yes, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to me in my Facebook group, on Messenger. Um, I wanna help you. I want to take you on the journey that I went on. I look back on my divorce as a launch pad into tremendous personal growth and self-discovery and self-love. And I am so grateful for that journey. And I have that that is really what you know started years ago that I want to take you on the same journey. So do this with me. Let's do this. Let's go on this journey. This is the journey I take my clients on in coaching sessions, inside the Rising Free membership, on, at our retreats, um, brand new mood circles. This is what we do together. So You tell me how I can help you or share the strategy that has worked best for you. Know that you are paying it forward and helping others doing that. And I look forward to speaking with you again about more things that we can do about personal growth and healing as we go through this particular stage of your life. I wish you all the best, have the most beautiful day, and thank you again for allowing me into your headsets.